Act two of Antony and Cleopatra by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act two. Scene one. Messina. Pompey's house. Enter Pompey, Menocrates, and Menus in warlike manner. If the great gods be just, they shall assist the deeds of justest men. Now, were they Pompey, that what they do delay, they not deny. Whiles we are suitors to their throne, decays the thing we sue for. Where, ignorant of ourselves, beg often our own harms, which the wise powers deny us for our own good, so find we profit by losing of our prayers. I shall do well. The people love me, and the sea is mine. My powers are crescent and my auguring hope says it will come to the full. Mark Antony in Egypt sits at dinner, and will make no wars without doors. Caesar gets money where he loses hearts. Lepidus flatters both. Of both is flattered, but he neither loves, nor either cares for him. Caesar and Lepidus are in the field, a mighty strength they carry. What have you this? Tis false. From Silvius, sir. He dreams. I know they are in Rome together, looking for Antony. But all the charms of love, salt Cleopatra, soften thy waned lip. Let witchcraft join with beauty, lust with both. Tie up the libertine in a field of feasts, keep his brain fuming. Epicurean cooks sharpen with cloyless sauce his appetite, that sleep and feeding may prorogue his honor even to lethed dullness. Enter Varius. How now, Varius? This is most certain that I should deliver. Mark Antony is every hour in Rome expected. Since he went from Egypt, tis a space for further travel. I could have given less matter a better ear. Menace, I did not think this amorous surfeiter would have donned his helm for such a petty war. His soldiership is twice the other twain. But let us rear the higher our opinion that our stirring can from the lap of Egypt's widow pluck the ne'er lust-wearied Antony. I cannot hope Caesar and Antony shall well greet together. His wife that's dead did trespasses to Caesar. His brother warred upon him, although I think not moved by Antony. I know not, Menace, how lesser enmities may give way to greater. Wert not that we stand up against them all, twere pregnant they should square between themselves for they have entertained cause enough to draw their swords. But how the fear of us may cement their divisions and bind up the petty difference, we yet not know. Beat as our gods will have it. It only stands our lives upon to use our strongest hands. Come, Menace. Exeunt. Scene 2. Rome. The House of Lepidus. Enter Demetius and Abarbus and Lepidus. Good Enobarbus, tis a worthy deed, and shall become you well to entreat your captain to soft and gentle speech. I shall entreat him to answer like himself. If Caesar move him, let Antony look over Caesar's head and speak as loud as Mars. By Jupiter, were I the wearer of Antonius's beard, I would not shave to-day. Tis not a time for private stomaching. Every time serves for the matter that is then born in't. But small to greater matters must give way. Not if the small comes first. Your speech is passion, but pray you, stir no embers up. Here comes the noble Anthony. 
Enter Mark Antony and Ventidius. And yonder, Caesar. Enter Octavius Caesar, Mecanus, and Agrippa. If we compose well here, to Parthia. Hark, Ventidius. I do not know, Mecenas. Ask Agrippa. Noble friends, that which combined us was most great, and let not a leaner action rend us. What's amiss? May it be gently heard. When we debate our trivial difference loud, we do not commit murder in healing wounds. Then, noble partners, the rather, for I earnestly beseech, touch you the sourest points with sweetest terms, nor cursedness grow to the matter. Tis spoken well. Were we before our armies, and to fight, I should do thus. Flourish. Welcome to Rome. Thank you. Sit. Sit, sir. Nay, then. I learn you take things ill which are not so, or being, concern you not. I must be laughed at. If, or for nothing, or a little, I should say myself offended, and with you chiefly o' the world. More laughed at that I should once name you derogately, when to sound your name it not concerned me. By being in Egypt, Caesar, what was to you? No more than my residing here at Rome might be to you in Egypt. Yet if you there did practice on my state, your being in Egypt might be my question. How intend you practised? You may be pleased to catch at mine intent by what did here befall me. Your wife and brother made wars upon me, and their contestation was theme for you. You with a word of war. You do mistake your business. My brother never did urge me in his act. I did inquire it, and have my learning from some true reports that drew their swords with you. Did he not rather discredit my authority with yours, and make the wars alike against my stomach, having alike your cause? Of this my letters before did satisfy you. If you'll patch a quarrel, as matter whole you have not to make it with, it must not be with this. You praise yourself by laying defects of judgment to me, but you patched up your excuses. Not so, not so. I know you could not lack, I am certain, aunt, very necessity of this thought that I, your partner in the cause against which he fought, could not with graceful eyes attend those wars which fronted mine own peace. As for my wife, I would you had her spirit in such another. The third of the world is yours, which with a snaffle you may pace easy, but not such a wife. Would we had all such wives, that the men might go to wars with the women? So much uncurbable her garboils, Caesar made out of her impatience, which not wanted shrewdness of policy too, I grieving grant, did you too much disquiet. For that you must but say, I could not help it. I wrote to you when rioting in Alexandria. You did pocket up my letters, and with taunts did gibe my missive out of audience. Sir, he fell upon me ere admitted. Then three kings I had newly feasted, and did want of what I was in the morning. But next day I told him of myself, which was as much as to have asked him pardon. Let this fellow be nothing of our strife. If we contend, out of our question wipe him. You have broken the article of your oath, which you shall never have tongue to charge me with. Soft, Caesar. 
No, Blepidus, let him speak. The honour is sacred which he talks on now, supposing that I lacked it. But on, Caesar, the article of my oath. To lend me arms and aid when I required them, the which you both denied. Neglected, rather, and then when poisoned hours had bound me up from mine own knowledge. As nearly as I may, I'll play the penitent to you, but mine honesty shall not make poor my greatness, nor my power work without it. Truth is that Fulvia, to have me out of Egypt, made wars here, for which myself, the ignorant motive, do so far ask pardon as befits mine honour to stoop in such a case. Tis noble spoken. If it might please you to enforce no further the griefs between ye, to forget them quite, were to remember that the present need speaks to atone you. Worthily spoken, Mercenus. Or, if you borrow one another's love for the instant, you may, when you hear no more words of Pompey, return it again. You shall have time to wrangle in when you have nothing else to do. Thou art a soldier only. Speak no more. That truth should be silent. I had almost forgot. You wrong this presence. Therefore, speak no more. Go to, then, your considerate stone. I do not much dislike the matter, but the manner of his speech. For it cannot be we shall remain in friendship, our conditions so differing in their acts. Yet if I knew what hoop should hold us stanch, from edge to edge of the world I would pursue it. Give me leave, Caesar. Speak, Agrippa. Thou hast a sister by the mother's side, admired Octavia. Great Mark Antony is now a widower. Say not so, Agrippa. If Cleopatra heard you, your reproof were well deserved of rashness. I am not married, Caesar. Let me hear Agrippa further speak. To hold you in perpetual amity, to make you brothers, and to knit your hearts with an unslipping knot, take Antony Octavia to his wife, whose beauty claims no worse a husband than the best of men, whose virtue and whose general graces speak that which none else can utter. By this marriage, all little jealousies which now seem great, and all great fears which now import their dangers, would then be nothing. Truths would be tales, where now half-tales be truths. Her love to both, would each to other, and all loves to both, draw after her. Pardon what I have spoke, for tis a studied, not a present thought, by duty ruminated. Will Caesar speak? Not till he hears how Antony is touched with what is spoke already. What power is in Agrippa, if I would say, Agrippa, be it so, to make this good? The power of Caesar, and his power unto Octavia. May I never, to this good purpose, that so fairly shows, dream of impediment. Let me have thy hand, further this act of grace, and from this hour the heart of brothers govern in our loves, and sway our great designs. There is my hand. A sister, I bequeath you, whom no brother did ever love so dearly. Let her live to join our kingdoms and our hearts, and never fly off our loves again. Happily, amen. I did not think to draw my sword against Pompey, for he hath laid strange courtesies and great of late upon me. I must thank him only, lest my remembrance suffer ill report, at heel of that, defy him. Time calls upon us. Of us must Pompey presently be sought, or else he seeks out us. Where lies he? About the Mount Messenum. 
What is his strength by land? Great and increasing, but by sea he is an absolute master. So is the fame. Would we had spoke together, haste we for it, yet ere we put ourselves in arms, dispatch we the business we have talked of. With most gladness, and do invite you to my sister's view, whither straight I'll lead you. Let us, Lepidus, not lack your company. Noble Antony, not sickness should detain me. Flourish. Exuant Octavius Caesar, Mark Antony, and Lepidus. Welcome from Egypt, sir. Half the heart of Caesar, worthy Messianus. My honourable friend, Agrippa. Good Enobarbus. We have cause to be glad that matters are so well digested. You stayed well by it in Egypt. Ay, sir. We did sleep day out of countenance, and made the night light with drinking. Eight wild boars roasted whole at a breakfast, and but twelve persons there? Is this true? This was but as a fly by an eagle. We had much more monstrous matter of feast, which worthily deserved noting. She's a most triumphant lady, if report be square to her. When she first met Mark Antony, she pursed up his heart upon the river of Cindus. There she appeared indeed, or my reporter devised well for her. I will tell you. The barge she sat in, like a burnished throne burned on the water, the poop was beaten gold, purple the sails, and so perfumed that the winds were lovesick with them. The oars were silver, which to the tune of flutes kept stroke, and made the water which they beat to follow faster as amorous of their strokes. For her own person, it beggared all description, she did lie in her pavilion, cloth of gold of tissue, or picturing that Venus which we see the fancy outwork nature. On each side her stood pretty dimpled boys, like smiling cupids, were diverse colour fans, whose wind did seem to glow the delicate cheeks which they did cool, and what they undid did. Oh, rare for Antony. Her gentlewoman, like the Nereides, so many mermaids, tended her at the eyes, and made their bends adornings. At the helm, a seeming mermaid steers, the silken tackle swell with the touches of those flower-soft hands, that yearly frame the office. From the barge a strange invisible perfume hits the sense of the adjacent wharfs. The city cast her people out upon her, and Antony enthroned ere the market-place, did sit alone, whistling to the air which, but for vacancy, had gone to gaze on Cleopatra too, and made a gap in nature. Rare Egyptian. Upon her landing, Antony sent to her, invited her to supper. She replied it should be better he became her guest, which she entreated. Our courteous Antony, who ne'er the word of no woman heard speak, being barbered ten times o'er, goes to the feast, and for his ordinary pays his heart for what his eyes eat only. Royal wench, she made great Caesar lay his sword to bed. He ploughed her, and she cropped. I saw her once hop forty paces through the public street, and having lost her breath, she spoke and panted that she did make defect perfection, and breathless power breathe forth. Now Anthony must leave her utterly. Never, he will not. Age cannot wither her, nor custom stale her infinite variety. Other women cloy the appetites they feed, but she makes hungry where most she satisfies. For vilest things become themselves in her, that the holy priest bless her when she is riggish. If beauty, wisdom, modesty can settle the heart of Anthony, Octavia is a blessed lottery to him. Let us go. Good Enobarbus, make yourself my guest whilst you abide here. Humbly, sir, 
I thank you. Exeunt. Scene three. The same. Octavius Caesar's house. Enter Mark Antony, Octavius Caesar, Octavia between them, and attendants. The world and my great office will sometimes divide me from your bosom. All which time before the gods my knee shall bow, my prayers to them for you. Good night, sir. My Octavia, read not my blemishes in the world's report. I have not kept my square, but that to come shall all be done by the rule. Good night, dear lady. Good night, sir. Good night. Exuant Octavius Caesar and Octavia. Enter Soothsayer. Now, sirrah, you do wish yourself in Egypt? Would I had never come from thence, nor you thither. If you can, your reason. I see it in my motion, have it not in my tongue, but yet hie you to Egypt again. Say to me, whose fortune shall rise higher, Caesar's or mine? Caesar's. Therefore, O Antony, stay not by his side. Thy demon, that's thy spirit which keeps thee, is noble, courageous high, unmatchable, where Caesar's is not. But near him thy angel becomes a fear, as being overpowered. Therefore make space enough between you. Speak this no more. To none but thee no more, but when to thee, if thou dost play with him at any game, thou art sure to lose, and of that natural luck he beats thee against the odds. Thy lustre thickens when he shines by. I say again, thy spirit is all afraid to govern thee near him. But here away, tis noble. Get thee gone. Say to Ventidius I would speak with him. Exit soothsayer. He shall to Parthia. Be it art or hap, he hath spoken true. The very dice obey him, and in our sports my better cunning faints under his chance. If we draw lots, he speeds. His cocks do win the battle still of mine, when it is all to naught, and his quails ever beat mine, in hooped at odds. I will to Egypt, and though I make this marriage for my peace, in the east my pleasure lies. Enter Ventidius. O oh, come, Ventidius, you must to Parthia. Your commission's ready. Follow me and received. Exeunt. Scene four. The same. A street. Enter Lepidus, Mecanus, and Agrippa. Trouble yourselves no further. Pray you, hasten your generals after. Sir, Mark Antony will e'en but kiss Octavia, and will follow. Till I shall see you in your soldier's dress, which will become you both. Farewell. We shall, as I conceive the journey, be at the mount before you, Lepidus. Your way is shorter. My purposes do draw me much about. You'll win two days upon me. With Agrippa. Sir, good success. Farewell. Exeunt. Scene five. Alexandria. Cleopatra's palace. Enter Cleopatra, Carmion, Iris, and Alexis. Give me some music. Music. Moody food of us that trade in love. The music. Ho! Enter Mardian. Let it alone. Let's to billiards. Come, Carmion. My arm is sore. Best play with Mardian. As well a woman with an eunuch played as with a woman. Come, you'll play with me, sir? As well as I can, madam. 
and when goodwill is showed, thought come too short, the actor may plead pardon. I'll none now. Give me mine angle, will to the river. There, my music playing far off, I will betray tawny-finned fishes. My bended hook shall pierce their slimy jaws, and as I draw them up, I'll think them every one an Antony, and say, Aha, you're caught. Twas merry when you wagered on your angling, when your diver did hang a salt fish on his hook, which he with fervency drew up. That time, O oh, times. I laughed him out of patience, and that night I laughed him into patience, and next morn, ere the ninth hour, I drunk him to his bed, then put my tires and mantles on him, whilst I wore his sword, Philippin. Enter a messenger. Oh, from Italy. Ram thou thy fruitful tidings in mine ears, that long time hath been barren. Madam, madam. Antonius dead. If thou say so, villain, thou killest thy mistress. But well and free, if thou so yield him, there is gold, and here my bluest veins to kiss, a hand that kings have lipped and trembled kissing. First, madam, he is well. Why, there's more gold. But, sirrah, mark, we used to say the dead are well. Bring it to that, the gold I give thee will I melt and pour down thy ill-uttering throat. Good, madam, hear me. Well, go to, I will. But there's no goodness in thy face. If Antony be free and healthful, so tard a favour to trumpet such good tidings. If not well, thou shouldst come like a fury crowned with snakes, not like a formal man. Wilt please you hear me? I have a mind to strike thee ere thou speakest. Yet if thou say Antony lives, is well, or friends with Caesar, or not captive to him, I'll set thee in a shower of gold and hail rich pearls upon thee. Madam, he's well. Well said. And friends with Caesar. Thou art an honest man. Caesar and he are greater friends than ever. Make thee a fortune from me. But yet, madam. I do not like but yet. It does allay the good precedence. Fie upon but yet. But yet is a jailer to bring forth some monstrous malefactor. Prithee, friend, pour out the pack of matter to mine ear, the good and bad together. He's friends with Caesar, and state of health, thou sayest, and thou sayest free. Free, madam, no. I made no such report. He's bound unto Octavia. For what good turn? For the best turn in the bed. I am pale, Carmian. Madam, he's married to Octavia. The most infectious pestilence upon thee. Strikes him down. Good madam, patience. What say you? Hence. Strikes him again. Horrible villain, or I'll spurn thine eyes like balls before me. I'll unhair thy head. She hells him up and down. Thou shalt be whipped with wire, and stewed in brine, smarting and lingering pickle. Gracious madam, I that do bring the news made not the match. Say tis not so, a province I will give thee, and make thy fortunes proud. The blow thou hadst shall make thy peace for moving me to rage, and I will boot thee with what gift beside thy modesty can beg. He's married, madam. Rogue, thou hast lived too long. Draws a knife. Nay, then, I'll run. What mean you, madam? I have made no fault. Exit. Good madam, keep yourself within yourself. The man is innocent. Some innocents scape not the thunderbolt. Melt Egypt into Nile, and kindly creatures turn all to serpents. Call the slave again. 
Though I am mad, I will not bite him. Call. He is afeard to come. I will not hurt him. Exit Carmian. These hands do lack nobility that they strike a meaner than myself, since I myself have given myself the cause. Re-enter Carmian and Messenger. Come hither, sir. Though it be honest, it is never good to bring bad news. Give to a gracious message, and host of tongues, but let ill tidings tell themselves when they be felt. I have done my duty. Is he married? I cannot hate thee worse than I do, if thou again say yes. He's married, madam. The gods confound thee. Dost thou hold there still? Should I lie, madam? Oh, I would thou didst, so half my Egypt were submerged and made a cistern for scaled snakes. Go, get thee hence. Hadst thou Narcissus in thy face, to me thou wouldst appear most ugly. He is married? I crave your highness's pardon. He is married? Take no offence that I would not offend you. To punish me for what you make me do seems much unequal. He's married to Octavia. Oh, that his fault should make a knave of thee, that art not what thou art sure of. Get thee hence. The merchandise which thou hast brought from Rome are all too dear for me. Lie they upon thy hand, and be undone by em. Exit messenger. Good your highness, patience. In praising Antony I have dispraised Caesar. Many times, madam. I am paid for it now. Lead me from hence. I faint. Oh, Iris, come in. Tis no matter. Go to the fellow, good Alexis. Bid him report the feature of Octavia, her years, her inclination. Let him not leave out the color of her hair. Bring me word quickly. Exit Alexis. Let him forever go. Let him not. Come in. Though he be painted one way like a gorgon, the other way is a Mars. Bid you, Alexis. Timardian. Bring me word how tall she is. Pity me, Carmian, but do not speak to me. Lead me to my chamber. Exuant. Scene six. Near Mycenaeum. Flourish. Enter Pompey and Minus at one door with drum and trumpet. At another, Octavius Caesar, Mark Antony, Lepidus, Domitius Enobarbus, Mecanus, with soldiers marching. Your hostages I have, so have you mine. And we shall talk before we fight. Most meet that first we come to words, and therefore have we our written purposes before us sent, which if thou hast considered, let us know if twill tie up thy discontented sword, and carry back to Sicily much tall youth that else must perish here. To you all three, the senators alone of this great world, chief factors for the gods, I do not know wherefore my father should revengers want, having a son and friends since julius caesar who at philippi the good brutus ghosted there saw you laboring for him what was that moved pale crassus to conspire and what made the all-honored honest roman brutus with the armed rest courtiers and beauteous freedom to drench the capital but that they would have one man but a man and that is it hath made me rig my navy at whose burthen the angered ocean foams and with which I meant to scourge the ingratitude that despiteful Rome cast on my noble father. Take your time. Thou canst not fear us, Pompey, with thy sails. We will speak with thee at sea. At land thou knowest how much we do o'ercount thee. At land, indeed, 
thou dost or count me of my father's house. But, since the cuckoo builds not for himself, remain in as thou mayest. Be pleased to tell us, for this is from the present, how you take the offers we have sent you. There's the point. Which do not be entreated to, but weigh what is worth embraced. And what may follow, to try a larger fortune. You have made me offer of Sicily, Sardinia, and I must rid all the sea of pirates. Then, to send measures of wheat to Rome, this greed upon to part with unhacked edges, and bear back our targes undinted. With Antony and Lepidus. That's our offer. No, then, I came before you here a man prepared to take this offer. But Mark Antony put me to some impatience. Though I lose the praise of it by telling, you must know, when Caesar and your brother were at blows, your mother came to Sicily and did find her welcome friendly. I've heard it, Pompey, and I'm well studied for a liberal thanks which I do owe you. Let me have your hand. I did not think, sir, to have met you here. The beds in the east are soft, and thanks to you, that called me timelier than my purpose hither, for I have gained by it. Since I saw you last, there is a change upon you. Well, I know not what counts harsh fortune casts upon my face, but in my bosom shall she never come, to make my heart her vassal. Well met, here. I hope so, Lepidus. Thus we are agreed. I crave our composition may be written, and sealed between us. That's the next to do. We'll feast each other ere we part, and let's draw lots who shall begin. That will I, Pompey. No, Antony, take the lot. But, first or last, your fine Egyptian cookery shall have the fame. I have heard that Julius Caesar grew fat with feasting there. You have heard much. I have fair meanings, sir. And fair words to them. Then so much have I heard, and I have heard, Apollodorus carried. No more of that, he did so. What, I pray you? A certain queen to Caesar in a mattress. I know thee now. How farest thou, soldier? Well, and well am like to do, for, I perceive, for feasts are toward. Let me shake thy hand. I never hated thee. I have seen thee fight, when I have envied thy behavior. Sir, I never loved you much, but have praised ye, when you have well deserved ten times as much as I have said you did. Enjoy thy plainness. It nothing ill becomes thee. Aboard my galley I invite you all. Will you lead, lords? With Antony and Lepidus. Come. Exuant all but Minus and Enobarbus. Aside. Thy father, Pompey, would never have made this treaty. You and I have known, sir. At sea, I think. We have, sir. You have done well by water. And you by land. I will praise any man that will praise me, though it cannot be denied what I have done by land. Nor what I have done by water. Yes, something you can deny for your own safety. You have been a great thief by sea. And you by land. There I deny my land service, but give me your hand menace. If our eyes had authority, here they might take two thieves kissing. All men's faces are true, whatsoever their hands are. But there is never a fair woman has a true face. No slander, they steal hearts. We came hither to fight with you. For my part, I am sorry it is turned to a drinking. Pompey doth this day laugh away his fortune. If he do, sure, he cannot weep back again. 
"'You've said, sir. We look not for Mark Antony here. Pray you, is he married to Cleopatra?' Caesar's sister is called Octavia. "'True, sir. She was the wife of Caius Marcellus.' "'But she is now the wife of Marcus Antonius.' "'Pray you, sir?' "'Tis true.' "'Then is Caesar and he forever knit together.' "'If I were bound to divine of this unity, I would not prophesy so.' I think the policy of that purpose made more in the marriage than the love of the parties. I think so, too. But you shall find the band that seems to tie their friendship together will be the very strangler of their amity. Octavia is of a holy, cold, and still conversation. Who would not have his wife so? Not he that himself is not so, which is Mark Antony. He will to his Egyptian dish again. Then shall the size of Octavia blow the fire up in Caesar, and, as I said before, that which is the strength of their amity shall prove the immediate author of their variance. Antony will use his affection where it is. He married but his occasion here. And thus it may be. Come, sir, will you aboard? I have a health for you. I shall take it, sir. We have used our throats in Egypt. Come, let's away. Exeunt. Scene 7. On board Pompey's galley, off Mycenaeum. Music plays. Enter two or three servants with a banquet. Here they'll be, man. Some of their plants are ill-rooted already. The least wind of the world will blow them down. Lepidus is high-coloured. They have made him drink alms drink. As they pinch one another by the disposition, he cries out no more, reconciles them to his entreaty, and himself to the drink. But it raises the greater war between him and his discretion. Why, this is to have a name in great men's fellowship. I had as lief have a reed that will do me no service as a partisan. I could not heave. To be called into a huge sphere, and not to be seen to move in, are the holes where eyes should be, which pitifully disaster the cheeks. A senate sounded. Enter Octavius Caesar, Mark Antony, Lepidus, Pompey, Agrippa, Mecanus, Domitius Anabarbus, Minus, with other captains. To Octavius Caesar. Thus do they, sir. They take the flow of the Nile by certain scales in the pyramid. They know, by the height, the lowness, or the mean, if dearth or foison follow. The higher Nilus swells, the more it promises. As it ebbs, the seedsman upon the slime and ooze scatters his grain, and shortly comes to harvest. You've strange serpents there. Ay, Lepidus. Your serpent of Egypt is bred now of your mud by the operation of your son. So is your crocodile. They are so. Sit, and some wine. A health to Lepidus. I am not so well as I should be, but I'll ne'er out. Not till you have slept. I fear me you'll be in till then. Nay, certainly I have heard the Ptolemy's pyramuses are very goodly things. Without contradiction I have heard that. Aside to Pompey. Pompey, a word. Aside to Minus. Say in mine ear, what is't? Aside to Pompey. Forsake thy seat, I do beseech thee, Captain, and hear me speak a word. Aside to Minus. Forbear me till anon. This wine for Lepidus. 
What manner of thing is your crocodile? It is shaped, sir, like itself, and it is as broad as it hath breadth. It is just so high as it is, and moves with its own organs. It lives by that which nourisheth it, and the elements once out of it, it transmigrates. What color is it of? Of its own color, too. Tis a strange serpent. Tis so, and the tears of it are wet. Will this description satisfy him? With the health that Pompey gives him, else he is a very epicure. Aside to Minus. Go hang, sir, hang. Tell me of that, away. Do as I bid you. Where's this cup I called for? Aside to Pompey. If for the sake of merit thou wilt hear me, rise from thy stool. Aside to Minus. I think thou'rt mad. The matter? Rises and walks aside. I have ever held my cap off to thy fortunes. Thou hast served me with much faith. What else to say? Be jolly, lords. These quicksands, Lepidus, keep off them, for you sink. Wilt thou be lord of all the world? What sayest thou? Wilt thou be lord of the whole world? That's twice. How should that be? But entertain it, and though thou think me poor, I am the man, will give thee all the world. Hast thou drunk well? Now, Pompey, I have kept me from the cup. Thou art, if thou darest be, the earthly Jove. Whatever the ocean pales or sky in clips is thine if thou wilt hat. Show me which way. These three world-sharers, these competitors, are in thy vessel let me cut the cable and when we are put off fall to their throats all there is thine ah this thou shouldst have done and not have spoken on't in me tis villainy in thee t had been good service thou must know tis not my profit that does lead mine honour mine honour it repent that ere thy tongue hath so betrayed thine act being done unknown I should have found it afterwards well done, but must condemn it now. Desist and drink. Aside. For this I'll never follow thy piled fortunes more. Who seeks and will not take when once tis offered shall never find it more. This health to Lepidus. Bear him ashore. I'll pledge it for him, Pompey. Here's to thee, Menace. Inobarbus, welcome. Fill till the cup be hid. There's a strong fellow, Menas. Pointing to the attendant who carries off Lepidus. Why? A bear's the third part of the world, man. Seest not? The third part then is drunk. Would it were all, that it might go on wheels. Drink thou. Increase the reels. Come. This is not yet an Alexandrian feast. It ripens towards it. Strike the vessels, ho! Here is to Caesar. I could well forbear it. It's monstrous labour when I wash my brain, and it grows fouler. Be a child of the time. Possess it, I'll make answer. But I had rather fast from all four days than drink so much in one. Ha! My brave emperor. To Mark Antony. Shall we dance now the Egyptian bacchanals, and celebrate our drink? Let's hay it, good soldier. 
Come, let's all take hands, till that the conquering wine hath steeped our sense in soft and delicate lethe. All take hands, make battery to our ears with the loud music. The while I place you, then the boy shall sing, the holding every man shall bear as loud as his strong sides can volley. Music plays. Demetius Anabarbus places them hand in hand. The song. Come, thou monarch of the vine, plumpy beggars with pink kind, in thy fats our cares be drowned, with thy grapes our hairs be crowned. Still the world go round, still the world go round. What would you more? Pompey, good night. Good brother, let me request you off. Our graver business frowns at this levity. Gentle lords, let's part. You see we have burnt our cheeks. Strong Eno barb is weaker than the wine, and mine own tongue splits what it speaks. The wild disguise hath almost anticked us all. What needs more words? Good night. Good Antony, your hand. I'll try you on the shore. And shall, sir, gives your hand. O oh, Antony, you have my father's house, but, what, we are friends. Come, down into the boat. Take heed, you fall not. Exuant all but Domitius and Abarbus and Minus. Menace. I'll not on shore. No, to my cabin. These drums, these trumpets, flutes, what? Let Neptune hear we bid a loud farewell to these great fellows. Sound and be hanged, sound out. Sound a flourish with drums. Ho! Cesar, there's my cap. Ho, noble captain, come. Exeunt. End of Act Two